<clears throat> Good afternoon, everybody. Kind of one of those quiet Fridays. I don't like this music. I mean, I like the Christian music. I don't like that song. No offense to the music player. Anyway, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. Welcome to the 15-Minute Rev. And I got about an hour late start this afternoon. I'm actually thinking I'm doing pretty good for a Friday, to be honest with you. Hope you guys have had a great week. Welcome you into the weekend. We rev you up for the weekend. Then we rev you up for the weekend. And I hope you guys have had a good week. And even better, hopefully you're having a good weekend as it's coming up before you. So what do I actually have for you, intercessor, front runner? So... <clears throat> A lot of things going on right now, actually, in the spirit. Um, if you feel like the spiritual atmosphere is muddy, if it feels like you're kind of plowing through a few things, if you feel like everything is just kind of hit you like gangbusters all of a sudden, you'd probably be right. You'd probably be right. Um, and that's because of uh, what we're dealing with as a nation on the whole uh, and what we're dealing with warfare-wise. So I just want to encourage you guys, I entreat you to hang tough. I know you're tired. God knows you're tired already. You're thinking, I don't know if I can do this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm even going to help you how to maneuver your, your way through C2. So as C2 started five days ago, I think it's what, the 5th of May already? Thank God. Can you believe it's the 5th of May? I, I drove through <clears throat> Dutch Brothers. Hey, how are you, Casey? Um, hey, Sonia. Hi, Rita, Barbara, Cynthia. Good to see everybody. But as I drove through, I go through this little coffee shop because um, I believe in uh, developing relationships with people as a leader in my community. And I go through there and they're a sweet bunch of young kids. And you, know, you, just, you just develop relationships so that you have the right, if God to, <clears throat> to, pardon me, to minister to people. And uh, it's funny because God has been telling me the last couple of days, he goes, hey, I want you to go over to this different coffee shop today. And I'm like, what's going on? And he said, it's bad juju, bad juju. I've never heard God say that to me in my whole life. I said, the spirit that's saying that to me, Christ came in the form of a man, died on a cross, rose from the dead in three days. I'm thinking, bad. how did you learn that terminology, God? Bad juju. And he said, it's a lot of high witchcraft <clears throat> and it's going to be affecting these people's thinking because where we're at in the spirit right now, I don't know if you realize this or not. When you start walking through contraction point two, which is the fiery chamber of God's heart, we go through C1, 2, 3, and 4 every year. Chamber one, chamber two, three, and four. You have four chambers to your heart. God has four chambers to his heart. And so there are different sets of spiritual laws within each chamber that we have to adhere to. If we're going to be successful in navigating. And so I just want to encourage you guys that as you've stepped into this new set of spiritual laws, that's <clears throat> different this year because of the drastic difference in, in, in the different spiritual levels. And I want to say it to you like this, the Lord gave me the analogy like this. He goes, it's just like when I got on the cross and I said, it is finished. Jesus said, it is finished. And he said, it changed. The dynamics of the spirit from the adhering to laws being bound into being grace, uh, a grace atmosphere for his people. And so it changed it in the blinking of an eye. So that's this new atmosphere we've stepped into as intercessors, front runners, as the true bride of Christ, if that's you, um, to where 
You have to learn to adhere to the spiritual laws at this new level for this season if you're going to navigate through successfully. So that's the first thing. So that's why witchcraft is pummeling you. And, and that's why God's probably going to tell you, hey, Patty Ward, good to see you, man. Um, but that's why God is probably going to be telling you to go to certain places versus not going to other places. And it's to kind of try to decrease the witchcraft around you. So you can avoid some of the trauma and some of the stress if you want just by obeying the Lord. That would be novel, right? So, okay. So this gets us into the conversation at hand. And boy, do I have a conversation for you. Because <laughs> um, I used to, okay, I'm going to say this before I say this. I don't want you to judge me. I just want you to know that in my former life, I was an outrageous sinner. <laughs> not like we're not all, but I uh, was called by God, not to give you too much of an overview here, but um, I've known that I was called by God from a young kid to being a leader and I ran from that just to give you kind of a preface of where I'm going with this conversation. But in my sinning life, I used to have a friend who would always use this analogy. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Um, I can't believe God told me to say this. Anyway, so they would always have be joking. They would like be like, hook her on fire. Yeah, hook her on fire. And I'm like, please don't say that. Well, that's the makes you. What do you mean? Kind of I think. But they would say stuff like that as a joking way describe themselves and i'm like okay that's you not me so anyway preface the conversation with that don't tune off let me get into the word uh with witchcraft because the lord's saying this is the title for today he's in he is comparing some members of the body of christ because they're serving so many different masters with a hooker on fire and so i'm going to get into that stay with me the title for today's message is Muddy Waters. Witchcraft. You're closer than you think. That's good news. And then hooker on fire. Are you a hooker on fire? So that sounds <laughs> I'm so Okay, so I have to be obedient. I'm just saying what he's saying. If you don't like me as a prophet, a prophetess, whatever, you know. Um <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm grateful y'all have a sense of humor. I'm sure all the religious rights going to be out there getting all the, the air sucked out of the room like a puffer fish. Like, I can't believe she said that on here. You're, you're just a heathen. You're absolutely a heathen. And I'm thinking, no, I'm a prophetess. And I'm just saying what God is saying in the South. This is what he told me to say. So I'm just obeying. Okay. So just boy panties, big girl panties on and get over it. We're going to, we're going to say what he's saying. Move on out and through and get into your neck. But you're so close. You're so close if you not only knew how close you were. Your breakthrough. And uh, we're in muddy waters. And that's why the muddy waters are so difficult to navigate right now. So you have to obey the Lord in doing exactly what he's telling you to do. And if you know anything about my revs, uh, <clears throat> I purposefully do not teach on these revs. That sounds like a dichotomy. Um, I, I, I'm not teaching. I'm just giving oversights and things that are going on in your world so you know how to navigate different components of God's heart and and sometimes we get into a little bit of teaching but for the most part I allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you I try to do that that's my job um I just I do that because I feel like uh that gives you the ability to choose to do what you think you need to do and that's a part of free will and so I always want to give you that right 
Um, and God told me this. He told me to do that very, very specifically because of it giving you the ability to go and then get the needed freedom if you so choose, all caps. That's if you so choose to participate in this program. And this is where the body of Christ is at. And notice I said, if you choose, you choose to do it. So <clears throat> your future is all up to you to participate in if you get the freedom to come up higher and if you choose to come up higher above the witchcraft. And that's why God told me not to confine you. You get to choose. Okay. So there's no pressure here, but it's because in this hour, God's giving us the freedom, uh, choose to walk our walks. We get to choose. And this is what kind of concerned me with what he told me about today. Um, because he said, I will not walk your walk for you. My leaders will not walk your walk for you. Matter of fact, God will not walk a leader's walk for them. If you're a leader, this, this is pertaining to everybody. Everybody gets to participate in this part of the conversation today. <clears throat> and the Lord says, nor as sheep, should you expect your leaders to walk your walk for you? Nobody's here to do your work for you. This is a part of the conversation. It's, it's not our responsibility because at the end of our lives, none of us will be standing in front of Christ with you. You understand that, right? That's something you get to do all by yourself. Each one of us gets to do that all by ourselves. We get to answer um, for what we choose to do and not do. Hence, I'm off the hook or any leader or anybody else is off the hook for another sheep because your life is all your own. <clears throat> Actually, it's not your own. He owns you. But you still get to answer for what your choices are in this earth component of your life. So you get to do with it as you like while you're in the earth. Okay. So afterwards, it's a different ball game. So God had me preface that before I get into this message with you, because from this point on, the spiritual walls are different and they're getting very, very severe. If you want to come near a holy God and God's saying, you need to take me very seriously when I'm talking to you from this point. on. If you think I'm kidding you, Lord says, this is why we're seeing, if you don't take God seriously on this level, Go look at people around you. <clears throat> look at your own life if need be. If you're losing firepower. If your prayers aren't packing a punch like they used to. God told us for three years this was fixing to happen. <clears throat> he said that he was drawing near his people. When all truth walks into the room, he has to judge what's in the room with him because he's a holy God. Okay, so He's inspecting us, if you will. Nehemiah 2.13. He's doing hard inspections and he's seeing, can I tabernacle over here? Can I tabernacle over there? Because if I can't, then I have to judge you for not being aligned in alignment with what I say is good, pure, and lovely in order for me to tabernacle over you. You understand? So again, I'm taking that back to you. How true have you been to him in doing what he's telling you to do? Is he telling you to get free? Yes, he's been telling us to get free for three years now. Get free, get free, get free. I'm coming near you. You said you want a tabernacle near me. But did you do what he required you to do in order to have that? If not, he's had to draw back away from me. Be near sin. He doesn't do wicked things. That's Job 34, 12. Well, look it up. But I believe God is helping those who proclaim 
to be a part of the body of Christ to better understand that they'd better get off their duffs and start getting cleaned up if they want to be included. Because you can't claim to be a part of something or part of a body that you don't participate in. Fire, fire's getting hotter. So any group <clears throat> that you join usually doesn't like when, nor do they tolerate when you go rogue or when they have rogue agents. Would you not agree? So aligning with our CEO, that would be God, Jesus, and Holy Ghost. That's what we get. Guess what? That's what we get to do. To learn and obey. Trust and obey a good father because he knows how to get you safely into your land. He knows what's in front of you. And he knows what won't stand. But the problem is, is that most of the body of Christ have become such control freaks demanding to be in control of their own destiny. Because this is a worldly mindset, by the way. It's where we, uh, and I'm not saying we, because I, I trust the Lord. I just take him at his word. And I don't mean that arrogantly, but I do. I've, I've been like that since a little, I was a little kid. He's always talking to me. He's always talked to me and I talk back. He's my friend and he guides me in my life and he guides me in a great path. And he does so for you. He's no respecter of persons. He does that for everybody. <clears throat> but they become such control freaks. And they've taken on such a worldly mindset when only God knows how to get you future. Hence, that's why we started learning about the true king tree. <clears throat> and honestly, at this leg of the journey, I don't know about you, but talking late. Okay? You're crossing my path. The hour's late. I'm at the 11 o'clock hour on God's clock. That's what was my. That's when I was born into <clears throat> the tribe of Manasseh. So God uses my vessel. He's very true to himself. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. A double-sided sort of truth, and a lot of people either love me or hate me, and I don't care. But that's that's God. But I'm going to be true to Him. I love Him, and so He's always been true to me. Well, I'm going to be true to Him, and if you don't like Him, then then. Tough titty to the kitty to Mr. Mo Mitty. But that's the truth of where we're stepping into. God is not putting up with these attitudes more of, I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to do what I feel like I'm doing. I don't care what you think. And I'm a leader and I'm, I'm bigger than you. But self out, God. Rumple all over you. That's the whole, that's the truth of where you're heading into. <clears throat> but it's not a, an hour to be doing your own thing. And at this leg of the journey, for time's getting late, God's looking for sheep who want to participate and actually practice the Bible. What a novel. That's what I say. What a novel idea to actually become who we say we are. Which takes me back to my first statement. You cannot say you're a part of a body or a group if you're doing your thing. You can't. That's hypocrisy. <clears throat> that means you're serving another king. Another kingdom, which means you're not a part of God's kingdom because when we get free, we don't want to sin any longer. Would you not agree? Lord, I don't know about you, but I love my peace. When someone starts messing with my peace and they bring their crap into my environment, 
I, I have a problem with that. I have a huge problem with that. Don't give that person any attention. They're just here to distract. And you can just... You but anyway, what God is doing... So, what God is doing in this hour, <clears throat> he's looking for people who are looking for true blue. And which means if, if you're not looking to do things as he would do, then you're going to find yourself in a heap of trouble. You're going to find yourself without firepower. So when you're in this place where he's cleaning you up and you're wanting to participate and do things as he does, <clears throat> you just want to please the Lord and hang out with him and those he adores until he places you on assignment, which usually opens you up to a very different heavenly door. Would you not agree? So that's where he's found you faithful and little so he can put you over much. And so, you know, it's funny. When I was younger, and I don't know why God took me back to this, but I noticed that all the way from even when I, before I got really serious with Christ, I've always walked with Christ, known Christ, got saved when I was eight. But I didn't have the level of relationship with him that I do now. And when I used to, like in my younger years, like when I was 17, 18, I would notice kids my age, but they always had this pompous attitude, haughty, like I'm above you. Trying to sound like I noticed this, and I've noticed it today. This, this I am more saved than you attitude. I know the Lord better than you. I am more deserving of kingdom over you because I've been in kingdom longer than you. Who the? Really? Really? Is that who you are? Then you must not know my king. You must not know the Lord that I know. And so that was the one thing I used to tell the Lord. You know, that's the one thing about the body of Christ, the body of Christ that I hate is their pompousness or haughtiness and how some of them act towards others. And so God said, they're not mine. They're not mine. Because then the Lord said, because I hate haughtiness. I was like, wow. And so the Lord says, I'm into a humble heart, which I can use for the divine. So go read your Bible. Go read your Bible. If you don't believe me, God hates haughtiness. He hates it. He absolutely loads it. And so I was shocked because all this time, I was thinking that those nasty people were gods. And all the time, they were giving God a bad name. When all the while, getting into the guts of the conversation, all the while, they were the devil's children. Hairs sent into the earth, used as a decoy to hinder my walk in love and truth. Are they hindering yours? Please don't let them. <clears throat> if so, hey, how's it going? Hi, Joyce. So, going back to the First part of our conversation, the waters have gotten very muddy in this hour. And we need to be looking for the fruit of the Spirit and God's Spirit of love. Because God said, how will you know my true believers? By my love. By my truth spirit. That is unoffendable, by the way. Unoffendable. And let me, let me say this too, in, in, in interjecting into that first part of that comment when I was talking about pomposity. Um, that mindset, that haughty mindset is of the world. Did you know that? 
because our world operates on a social uh, status symbol, uh, social status system, excuse me, social status system, like where people look at hierarchy. They look at what level of the hierarchy are you operating or the, the hierarchy that they, uh, they perceive you to be operating on. No perception, reality, but not always. Not what you say, what God says. And so God knows my heart, knows where I'm at in him. You don't. I don't know who you are to him. I just know you by what little I know about you. Bringing us into this point of the conversation. So it's really about the heart of the matter, but it's definitely not about haughtiness. It's not about haughtiness. And people think putting more stock in their name than they're putting in his name because that's the spirit of the world that comes in on vessels trying to make their walks like they walked. But they haven't been transformed which is why that spirit is showing up now to stop them from truly knowing love. He says the Lord. So <clears throat> what you're seeing in this hour to me, what we're seeing in this hour is we're seeing God get up into our mix and he's telling us, you know what? This is me. That's not me. And he's laying it out. He's making it play. This is me. That's not me. This is me. That's not me. I'm various different things in our life. So he's making it very, very clear sheep to see. But it's so that we don't get stuck in a false reality. So there are different realities coming to pass. So we've got two kingdoms vying for power, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the enemy. Which reality are you allowing to be created within you and through you? It's all about how you perceive the world. And do you see from God's perception or do you see from the flesh and from the enemy's perception? If you're acting like hell, that usually tells me what kingdom you're in. You're a hooker on fire. Serving many, many masters. And that is the strategy that will get many of God's people disqualified in this hour. But it also, the true sheep, serves to separate and show us who are really tares and who are really wheat. <clears throat> because God's spirit bears witness with the spirit. And in this day and time, I am so grateful to know the Lord of love. And I have never been more grateful than to run into warm, loyal, loving people that I'm seeing by the few that are surrounding me today. And you know, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Be careful who you're hanging around with. Be careful who you're listening to. You don't want to get uh, polluted by the spirit of Jezebel in the spirit of religion that God's trying to get off of you. They've got to be discerning. So even when God uses his truth within us as a sharp instrument of pruning, the Lord's saying that's what it's about. He's trying to get us free. That's why truth is coming into the room. All truth is coming into the room to prune. And, and if you know anything about for the truth prophets, Right now, I'm a truth or prophet, uh, and I don't want to label myself, but I am. I have a prophetic gifting, um, and, and I am a truther. I have a double-sided sort of truth. And so given that, I'm, I'm drawn to other truth prophets and prophetesses because I appreciate the truth. That's what I know to be a way to live a, lot, to live a healthy life. Um, but in this day and time, for the truthers, that's just another day at the office with judgment walking into the room right now because we've heard all the prophets say, Judgment's coming, judgment's coming, judgment's coming. But for most of us, that's what we've seen all of our life. When God has people 
cross our path, it's either for transformation or judgment. Don't get to pick and choose. So what we see now then is because they're now actually, it, it's one thing to hear a prophet and to listen to a prophet. It's an, a completely entirely different thing to watch the words manifest. Because now what we're seeing is the world start to freak out because of the office these prophets are operating in are manifesting and the things that they're saying are manifesting. We're seeing the truth come to life. God said he was coming near you. He said he was coming to bring order in your atmosphere, help clean you up so that he could draw near. But what we're seeing are the people who chose not to draw near to the king, that their office that they're maintaining is in complete disarray. Unless you've been truly working for Yahweh, because then your offices have become nice and organized instead of paralyzed. And I say, hallelujah, hallelujah, instead of working for darkness because of Satan's kingdom inside of you. We're seeing who's who. I'm not trying to rhyme. It's just coming out that way. But because your demand, this is because of many people's demand in this hour to maintain that dark kingdom, that dark mindset and heart condition, which has gotten many. If you were here on Tuesday, I told you the vision about people walking across a bridge and it was a wide bridge and there were bars on each side and there were people stuck in the waters reaching over the bars. The people that were walking in the center of the bridge, walking out and through. The prophets told you, they told you, this is what was coming near. This is what was happening. You've got to get aligned. Three years ago, we were telling you this. And so now what God has done is Psalms 35. He's an armor bearer to us like we're an armor bearer as, uh, serving at the true king's pleasure. What's happening is that God has come up alongside us. He's placed angels on our pathway now get us out and through for those who have been obedient past seasons and he is shielding us from those who have not been obedient they can't touch you best of the day because that's what's gotten them stuck on that bridge their own bad heart condition from coming out and going through into a new life and no i want to say to that grouping no you're not jesus's wife nor his bride not like you are because Jesus would not ever consider marrying a harlot or a hooker on fire going from master to master you know anything about God he's a one woman man the one woman man so if you're a hooker on fire I'm gonna keep saying that right in your face chances are God's about to light your fire and things are about you get mighty hot for you until you allow him to clean up, clean things up in your life. Which brings us to Judges 21, 1 through 25, and it's talking about rash emotions, rash promises, irrational thinking, bad juju, witchcraft affecting you. How many of you understand that witchcraft? If you don't get cleaned up from the witchcraft inside of you, which is, that's what God was using, bad juju, um, you're not going to recognize it when it shows up to attack 
and and it affects you <clears throat> in the and it affects you in the capacity of making you act out of character. I don't know how, because it clouds your mind. And so anything you haven't gotten delivered of on the deeper levels comes up to the surface and you start, you have no, what do you say? Uh, no inhibition. You have no inhibition. You just start, anything will go. I'll just be who I am at this level. And God's like, you want to bet? You're not bringing that mess into my camp. You're showing me who you really are. And so if we read this passage, then we're reading about Israel. After the tempers had calmed down, the tribe of Israel began to realize that they had, had they listened to the deliverance minister, Moses, i.e. truthers, and many others out there this hour, for those of you listening, living with me in this hour, but all their problems they were facing could have been avoided. So, like all the clashes they're experiencing right now in spiritual warfare on the dark side of the mountain because they didn't climb higher where people were trying to take the easy way out, which also becomes a harder way for them in the long run. And you know, it's funny because as a younger person, I'm 58 now, 59. And all my life, my dad, my dad was a man of excellence. Um, he was a master strategist in the special forces. And um since he was always teaching us to look ahead. Uh, he was a visionary, I believe he was apostolic. But my dad highly gifted in strategy. And he would always tell me, Missy, you're not a lone island in and of yourself. Quit being selfish. Quit being this. Quit being that. And he taught us to work as a team. That's how the military functions. How to operate as a team. <clears throat> but because of his spirit of excellence, he would also teach us and talk about um, when we would be doing things. Like my family went on a woodcutting trip every year, which I, I'm sorry, but I hate it. I love spending time with my family. I just like that type of activity. I'm more of an artist. But I love doing that with my family. I enjoyed my family time with my dad. But even in that task, or whether it was teaching us to change our oil or um, teaching us how to cut the grass, um, teaching us how to take care of a lawnmower, if we borrow things from other people, clean it up very neatly, and he would, he would oil it, regas it, and he would return it back in better condition, even if it were even even if he got it in cruddy condition, it up, and he would return it back in better condition than he got it in. Because you always want to operate in a spirit of excellence. You don't ever want to operate in the same cruddy spirit somebody else might be stuck in. You want to show them a better way. So. We're looking at the body of Christ right now, and God is looking at our obedience versus our disobedience and how it affects his family. And he's trying to find out who's who. Are you wheat or are you a tear? Because I've been trying to get you as close to me as I possibly can for those who listen. <clears throat> and the problem is, is that we have so many that have gone rogue because they're so determined 
in their spirit of pride. By the way, the spirit of pride is the spirit of Satan, which goes before a fall. But they're failing miserably. We see people failing miserably because they're so determined to prove to God, hey, I can do this my way and I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be successful. But there's no spirit of excellence in anything they're doing. And on this new level that we're operating on, the laws have changed so drastically. And God is like, he's drawing back, back. He's drawing back from them. And they're continuing to lose firepower because they will not listen to what he has to say to them in this hour. He's like, I am not allowing you to come in any old way you choose. This is not your show, says the Lord. This is mine. And he's tired of man trying to steal the glory for the divine. And so, but this is also part of the story where we see Israel's leaders learning to do things God's way. And it's where we find America today, believe it or not. We find the church here today. <clears throat> and, and, I, I, and the good news is, is that I see a lot of the church leaders now, not a lot, but quite a few finally, finally, yes, where they're starting to listen to the deliverance message, realizing we got to get cleaned up. The church is a mess. Oh, wow. Yes, they are. Yes. Look at how badly people are behaving. And they come on these channels and they get angry at people like me or under the true prophets, the truth prophets channels. And then they keep going back and keep going back and keep offended and keep offended. If you don't want to be offended, God didn't come to bring peace. He came to divide the truth from a lie. So if you don't like the truth, then switch over. Go live your lie. But go live it somewhere else because the rest of us want to live kingdom. We want to walk out heaven and the earth. And by the way, for those of you who don't, you're taking up space. Go serve the devil in his kingdom. You already are. Don't waste my time. And quit being a titty baby, acting like I'm going to compromise just because you want to live a lie. Your inability to acknowledge the truth in this hour is getting you stuck with no firepower. You have nobody. Remember I told you at the beginning of the conversation, we all get to answer at the end of our life what we choose or have chosen to do or not do. Because once you've heard the truth, you're held accountable for it. You don't get to pretend like it's not there. You can go stick your head in the ground like a camel and act like it's not happening. But the world, the darkness is catching up to you. So my uh, walking, my walk is my only responsibility. I cannot walk yours for you. But in this hour, in this part of the story, when we read, we're seeing Israel's leaders learning to become peacemakers. Where the tribes begin working together instead of against each other. And, and do you remember that old adage in this Bible where it talks about where people dwell together in unity? God is there. God is there. What a novel idea judah why would you want if you're a true brother or sister in the lord why would you want to fight other members of the body of christ that makes you no offense it makes you look like an idiot and it makes you it lets people see what's really inside of you and especially some of you are supposed to be leaders karen blinn happy birthday to you but the lord's saying in this hour instead of being a war horse, I want you to learn to ride side saddle like a lady bride. 
instead of some hooker on fire. Wow. Serving many masters. Serving yourself. Having a blessed day. It's our master chef. And if you've ever tasted her uh, baked goods, you need to check her out. Karen, you can put your sign up there. She's got a phenomenal, we prophesied this in, have her own shop, her own bakery. She does. She makes some beautiful baked goods. Praise God for you. So, going back to this, though, if you know anything about this story, you know, Israel had made up their mind not to intermingle, not to intermarry, or allow the tribe of Benjamin to have any of their women for wives because they viewed them not good enough, rough or rough around the edge, whatever. So Benjamin, still acting like, honestly, serving two masters, a hooker on fire, decided to go take those wives themselves. They did what was right in their own eyes, which is what we're seeing in the body of Christ right now with so many people doing what they feel like doing instead of getting the discipline, attaining the discipline. By the way, you're going to have to have discipline on this new level because you're not going to go any higher lest God have to strike you dead if you allow your emotions to overtake you. That's what I was talking about, the vast difference on this level versus last season, where if we're going to step into the basics of love, you've got to be who you are. Let's God spew you out. Disqualify you. And some of it, it may, some of you, it may cost you your lives because you're so foolishly full of pride that you think God doesn't care. Oh, God hasn't struck me in, up until now. I, I'm okay. Not on this level. God's already been talking to me about some of you experiencing that spirit of imminent doom because judgment had walked into the room. And I thought, holy smokes, when I sense that spirit, that's serious. That means you're about to get struck. And I've seen that quite a few times around me. I'm not braggadocious. I've seen people get judged. And God took their lives. And it, it never and it never makes you feel like you think it's gonna make you feel. If it's if it's uh vindication, it's grief it brings sorrow, deep sorrow. Because why would it why would it have taken God all that and, and then having people lose their their callings in the earth affects their families and it affects their 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 future destiny and their their next generation because of having lost that one number. Why does it take that get you to take God seriously? I know that it's a heavy message for a Friday, but it's the truth. He's trying to get us to take him and walk in truth. And so at present, as intercessors then we have two theaters that we're fighting. <clears throat> we're fighting the religious right, three-fourths of the church, demanding to act like hell. With so many who are actually terrors, not we. Continuing to do what's right in their own eyes. And I don't know about you, but that's kind of hard to wrap your head around sometimes. Because if you're truly loving and you're truly looking for others that are like yourself, you're, you're not looking for the, the negative. You're, I'm not. I'm not looking 
well, it's none of my business. But when your evil crosses my path and it starts affecting me, God's made it my business at that point. So now I'm going to begin praying for you, praying that you get your mouth off the anointing, praying that God spares your life like Moses did for Israel, that they didn't get swallowed up like the sons of Korah, because God means what he says. There's always grace. You're right. Grace is there. You can exhaust God's grace. And he's trying to get him. Get us back to the basics of love because the closer you don't know what how close a vessel's walking with the Lord. That's another issue there. I don't know where your heart's at. You don't know where mine's at. Um, the only thing that you know about me is that you're drawn to the Lord of my life on this broadcast. The truth of God. And for those of you who are drawn to all truth in this hour, God bless you. You're doing very well. That means if you're drawn to a truth or that means you're aligned. If the truth doesn't offend you, it should not ever offend you. We should be lovers of truth. That means that you're aligned correctly for the hour you're walking in. You're in the middle of that bridge. You're coming across your balance. You're able to see the truth from a lie. Praise God. And so we've got two theaters we're dealing with right now. The religious right. I told you the first one. The second one is the occult. They're blatant. That's an easy pick off. So then what we're seeing and I found this troubling, is that there is a gap beginning to formulate in the body, the body of Christ, a gap, where we have a sect of true sheep who are choosing to trust the Lord, and they're coming forward with the remaining group that are getting farther and farther. There's a gap. Not sure of which way to go. <clears throat> and the only hope they have is in choosing to get free from their prostitution and their grave clothes so that they can come up higher, which will help them lest they be lost forever. Which brings us to Ruth 1, 1 through 22. Man, I'm really over. Um, if you know anything about the book of Ruth, it's all about... God getting a bride ready for his son and accomplishing his eternal purposes. And it's where we see a bride being brought up with honor, nobility, so that we could all learn about commitment, discipline, honor. Because I don't know about you, but we're living in times where we see so many people bed hopping spiritually where they never stick around long enough to get to know anybody's heart. So how could we ever expect level of loyalty? When we see and have so many looking for instant gratification. If you know anything about true love, love is loyal. Love is not fickle. Steadfast in the good and in the, in the lovely. Why do you think when you make marriage vows, you say for better or for worse. Are you going to stick it out with the Lord? Are you going to give up when you don't get your way? You're going to take your toys and you're going to go home. So if you know anything about the book of Ruth, then you know that it's a story about honor, true nobility, learning to do things God's way versus our way. That's what she went through. Or we see a young woman <clears throat> learning the ways of God or the way back to love. She'd never had it. Some of you have never had it so that she could win a man's heart. 
And it's the same place the true bride finds herself in at the moment, trying to find its way back into the heart of God, back into the basics of love to get our firepower back. But it's not for firepower. Don't ever let it be just for what you can get out of him. Let it, let it be for the fulfillment that you gain through him, through knowing him. You know what it's like to know a holy God, the God of the universe? You know what it's like to have the God of the universe talk to you and give you answers to life's questions that are so pinpointed accurate and they, they're right every single time, every time. They lead you into blessing. They lead you into safety. They lead you into prosperity. They lead you into fulfillment. They lead you, they leave you satisfied. Truly satisfied. And, and it's interesting because here we stand with all these terrors, these little devils trying to keep us away from God. With some even claiming to be God. When they don't know God any more than the man in the moon. They're Joseph's brothers. If they were ever any relation at all because of having so many doing what was right in their own eyes and acting it out in the flesh. We see this in the tribes. We see this in the church. We see this in all the seven government mountains. We see it everywhere. Out of their jealousy for a brother or a sister who has had their father's favor because of continual relationship. See, that, that goes back to my conversation with you of um, wanting to just be near him and, and understanding that at the end of my life, I cannot stress this enough, at the end of my life, I know I have to face him. So everything I do between the dash, I have to watch what I'm doing, making sure I can face him at the end of my life and showing him did I honor you? Did I, did I represent you well? Did I represent you with excellence? Or did I act like hell? God, forgive me where I fall short. So in Ruth, we're seeing a woman trying to learn protocol. She's trying to get the attention of a man so that he might want to marry. Sound familiar? Because at this level, I don't know about you, at the spiritual level, I, I cannot stress this enough. And, and if I could shout it from the rooftops, I would. At this spiritual level, you have got to take it seriously. You have to take this level seriously or you will not enter, go through. It's as different as night and day from last season. God's very serious. It's like you will learn discipline. On this level, if you want to come back to me, you will get check. You'll get your emotions in check. You will get your actions and what you think you want to do to other people. Because there's a way that seems right to a man or woman, but the end is death. The Lord says, you've got to do things my way. And you're going to get it in check if you want to come near me today, says the Lord. You're not going to continue doing what, you're, what, what you've been doing in last seasons. Lest I spew you out. But this is a level not to be playing around with God if you want to come into the feast. You're going to have to keep your lamps lit with fresh oil, which is only going to come with, from getting cleaned up continually as he brings you out through. And as for you who think you're okay, you've got your head stuck in the sand. 
yet you act like hell, even like some of you today. Good luck. Well, it says good luck. Good luck. Because the Lord says, I'm focused on a better way. And if you're Satan's spawn, you're not my family, says the Lord. The Lord says, if you're serving different masters, you're not a part of my family. Yes, you will answer to I've taken notes. And he's not Santa Claus. Don't get a piece of coal for failing that part. This is serious. So, a matter of fact, sheep, uh, the true bride, God's telling you to quickly come inside so that you don't mess up your bridal gown. Because some of these clowns are about to get shipped off to the circuses. So that they can stick their heads into the mouth of lions. Because this feast is not for clowns acting like downtown Brown. When I told you that God was looking for a wife for his son, not a hooker on fire, always on the run, not a person acting like downtown Brown or the local clown. He's looking for the good, the pure, and the lovely. Who honest goodness, thicker than honey. You ever met somebody like that? Somebody that was so good, they housed the good. And you cannot imagine. I don't know about you. This is me when I run into people like that. Hopefully, that when I run into them, I cannot imagine. I like instantly want to cover them with God's feathers on my life. Because I cannot imagine anybody harming a hair on their head. Like if you touch them, you're going to come through me first because you're not touching these people. They're precious. That's the goodness. That's what goodness does to you. They said, and you've seen that he's see him show up in people because it's a taste of himself that only he can bring to the feast with a touch of fresh wine for the divine, so that all might taste and see that he. Good day. Which brings us to John 4, 4 through 42, where it says, it talks about Jesus' humanness and uh, how his focus was, if you know anything about love, and you know, if you know anything about truth, prophets, you may think we're asses. I'll just say what it is. I think I, I've had some people. I can't believe you'd say that in here. I can't believe. I can't believe. Hercules, Hercules. I might get a grip on yourself. Grip. Get a grip. Um, because God's telling me to say the truth to you. If I walk out of here not telling and having obeyed him, what he told me to do, I'm one held accountable, not you. So I'm not going to hell for you or anybody. So just get a grip on it. But this is, the, this is where we're at. Because God's ultimate goal, as if you know any truth prophet, is to see souls saved. That's my heart, is to see you saved. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. And so I would rather you hate me in this moment. I would rather you get angry at me and in and, and, and whatever you want to stew on, whatever it is that drives you. 
and then have you go away and think on these things and then let God send in another truth prophet or lay or, or pour in more seeds in and around you. Save your soul rather than having lose you. You understand? So no, I'm not a heartless ass that you may think me. Hey, I really love you. And I really care for you. And you may think I don't know love. Yes, I do. This is a side of love some of you have never seen because you've been so stuck in religion. So religion doesn't talk about issues. It doesn't acknowledge the elephant in the room. I do. God does. He does. How do you think he cleans house? He cleans house by having us look through and through because he sees into you. Intimacy, true intimacy means into me. See, look at me, God. See if there's any clean, hurtful or any unclean, hurtful thing in me. It doesn't align with kingdom. But get it out of me, God, because I can't be apart from you. I've got to be near you. That's true love. So he loves you enough to want to clean you up, to draw you closer, if you'll listen. Listen. But Jesus, going back to Jesus, you know, he got thirsty. He understands you. He got tired. It's our humanness. It are sometimes getting angry people. Black people. <laughs> but you can't do things any old way you want to in this new season. You can't. But you know anything about love? It was always others oriented. He wasn't self-focused like we see today. Because when he interacted with the woman at the well, you know anything about him? About Jesus not his own needs at the moment, which was he was trying he was trying to get fresh water. He was trying to get fresh manna, new wine. He was there to get fed himself. And he saw a woman in need. And he put his own needs aside. He's like, you know, I, I don't know if that drives you. <laughs> when I see God show up and I'm like, ah, what do you want to do? Sometimes it'll be quiet love. Driving through uh, Dutch. I'm always at Dutch Brothers. I'm coffee and talking with them there and showing love to them. And I don't necessarily talk about Jesus. I love him. But I'm showing them. I'm, I'm, I'm just... Showing Jesus, showing Jesus, and hopefully showing love and kind of good morning, talking to them, finding out about their lives. Okay? And then as he died, I don't have to do anything. I'm laying you upside the head with my Bible. Love has many ways. So that's what Jesus was talking to this woman about. And, and do you understand that? If you truly know love, love is true love is others oriented. Right? You know that? Not me focused. Not I mean my mind oriented. It's it's a team type of thinking. Got a team mindset. So God's always thinking about you. He's always got you on his mind. And so Jesus then had this insatiable ability to come near people and he sensed their real needs too. So that when true love walked into the room. Everybody wanted to be. That woman was drawn. Are people drawn to you? Or are they repelled by you because you've got the wrong side of you? And if you know anything about the story, then Jesus then revealed himself to her. 
build kingdom. And he started prophesying to her. And that's what a true prophet is called to do. Truth walked into that environment. And just like God's trying to do for some of you, because the times are dark, so the light has to get pumped up and gotten really strong. The swords are really strong now. The prophets, the truth prophets, really shiny, really sharp. And so when we see sheep coming to get fed, they're running off because they don't feel as entertained like they have in past days. And if you know anything about the truth, prophets, I'm coming back to that. You know, when Jesus went to the well as a truth prophet, go to entertain that woman, meet her need. Or he went to set her free. And so today, what we have is a lot of sheep wanting to get entertained because they're so used to that entertainment mentality. And God was like, I didn't send my prophets in and amongst you. I came to divide the truth from a lie. Lord says, I can't set you free. That you could come dwell near me. So my answer as a prophetess to you is that it, it's not my job to entertain prophet's job to our jobs are to speak the truth so that you can come to know the king that your heart might sing a new song instead of the death dirge God wants you to get you out from underneath the spirit of death the kingdom of death that's been operating around a lot of you for years on the end Lord said, it's your time if you'll just listen to the divine. Because it's an hour where although you think you still have time, <clears throat> the hour is late. And God has been calling you into himself. But because so many are stuck in churches, well, they think that that's the normal. God said, if you would only choose to participate, quit thinking that you know everything. Lord says, your ways are not. Lord says, but this is the purpose. Find the prophets. Which brings us, as we wrap up today, to Psalms 105, 1 through 15. We're doing okay on time. We're doing really well today. And this is what God has to say. Hallelujah. No problem. Have a great, great day, John. The Lord is saying, look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders done, miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, chosen one, children of Jacob. Pardon me. The Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant for promise he made for a thousand years. Covenant he made with Abraham. Both he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree. 
to Israel. He said, to you, I will give the land of Canaan as a portion inherit. And when they were but a few in number, notice the people going across the bridge. Indeed, strangers in it. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. And he allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked them. He said, do not touch my anointed one. Do my prophets. And then the last part of that scripture is Proverbs 14, 25, where he states, a truthful witness saves life, but a false witness. Lord, pray me back to that, please. <clears throat> um, or, I'm sorry, I've got something. You know, it seems like you're not going anywhere. Some of you are thinking, I can't sense anything, God. I can't um, discern. My, my, I can't discern with my fivefold giftings right now. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't know where you're taking me. Do you know where you're at, God? <laughs> I, I can't even, I don't even know if I'm hearing you correctly. Is that you? Is that you? And if it is, good. Okay. Place you're in the middle. You want to know why? The best news of the day, this is for you. Because in this season, as you've hit this new level, what's happening is that God puts you in the middle of the bridge. It's called balance. It's the middle, it's the middle of the road. But that doesn't mean you're serving two masters. You're walking in balance with the but it also means as God's closed you in on both sides, you've got angels on the right and the left, and then he's your armor bearer. He'll be shield and buckler, Psalms 35. And what he's teaching you to do is when he gave you the prophetic word for the thing you're praying for, he said, all I want you to do is believe. Just believe me. Trust me. Don't trust in your gift. Don't trust in your ability to see or discern about the thing you're praying for. And I'll take you all the way across this. And I'm teaching you how to walk on the water. I'm teaching you that your faith, size bit of faith, in order to watch me do a thing. God to start to see us. So this is the body. Anyway, I love you guys. I want you to go have yourself a great Friday. That's a heavy word for a Friday, uh, but have a great weekend. And uh, know that as we uh, gather and we're moving forward through uh, contraction point two, this is a very different one. <clears throat> it's a very, very different one. I know it's intense. And I'm just going to say, there are a different set of rules for you because of how it shifted out of the old and into the new, even on the spiritual level, even um, on uh, in the laws, the, the spiritual laws that we're walking into. And so the Lord's saying, just do as I say. You're not going to do as you did in last season. It's a completely different paradigm here. But I love you guys. Go have yourself a great weekend. And I'll look forward to talking to you on Tuesday. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.